Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 471, and today we'll be talking about Fiona Campbell from Adventure Time, Fiona and Cake. I'm GC13. And I'm David. And I'm, oh my goodness, so excited that we get to talk about Adventure Time again, the series that will not die, and I had to double check, like, you, you, you said the name of the show correctly, it's Adventure Time, subtitle Fiona and Cake. But I was totally thinking of this show as just Fiona and Cake, an Adventure Time story. Not as the literal title, but just, you know, how they framed it. But in fact, no, this really is just kind of like another spin-off series. And I, I love it. I can't okay believe it. I'm okay with that. <laughs> now, oh, I cannot not hear Kate Micucci uh, when, when I hear Fiona talk. And so now, for some reason, I really want Sadie to give her lectures about being a proper worker drone. I mean, you're never going to build up the trauma necessary to start a punk band with that attitude, Fiona. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, I can't help but hear uh, B from B and Puppy Cat, so I guess we <laughs> can't help but hear our other favorite cartoon protagonists. She is somehow a less responsible B, if such a thing is possible. I know, she's she is the gremlin, but, well, she's less of a gremlin, but certainly more irresponsible, but she's so jaded. Like, B is not jaded, really, <laughs> in the same way. Yeah, B is just a very pleasant person. Fiona has been beaten down by life, and does not have any business giving tours on buses. Definitely, compared to the Fiona, well, one, in her dreams, and two, that we saw in Ice King's fanfic, she really is more of an opposite of Finn here. You know, this is not someone who has joy <laughs> in everything they do. It's not like season one Finn. Yeah, Finn would be bouncing from job to job, getting fired due to... Uh, let's say, creative ways of spicing the job up, being way too enthusiastic, um, perhaps not for the things that his bosses want him to be enthusiastic for. Definitely. <laughs> I, I can see him trying to give people on the bus kung fu lessons. <laughs> He's like, we gotta spice it up! Yeah, shouting some some random adjective. Or, uh, no, no, what he would do is he would he would somehow fabricate a dragon attack on the bus because he thinks you gotta, you, you know, you really gotta sell the tour. <laughs> now I'm trying to remember, like, what farm world Finn was, which was the only other, you know, hmm. alternate Finn we saw. Definitely not not as much of a rascal. I think he was a pretty chill boy. De yeah, definitely not the crazed adventurer of uh, early adventure time. <laughs> yeah, the crazed, ate, eats so much sugar, has so few responsibilities that he has all of his teeth falling out. Just one of my favorite <laughs> details about Finn. Yeah, Farm World Finn, I would trust with magic nails. Um, whereas we saw what happened in the series when entrusted. <laughs> Still got three left. So yeah, this episode uh, has a ton of allusions to Adventure Time and plenty of references. I, I So many characters. I, right. I recognized a lot of them, but there were some important ones I did not recognize at all. Yeah, actually, my second rewatch, I can't believe how stupid I felt. <laughs> like, oh, the hunter that Fiona meets mm -hmm. is Huntress Wizard, of course, of course. You know, I, because the eyes should have been immediately recognizable, yeah. but I actually didn't get it the first time. But yeah, there's so many characters where, you know, this time I was thinking, oh, is the um, owner of the bus tour service supposed to be 
the king of ooh? Hmm. She did call her queenie, so that would make sense. Yeah, she had the earwax look, you know, but it's interesting because it's like what characteristics cross over. I totally, I did not recognize Peppermint Butler the first time, but I think, I think the owner of the bakery was Peppermint Butler. (laughs) Really? Because of the accent. Because Peppermint Butler also weirdly has a British accent and she has a Scottish, I think, accent. And she's also very adamant about how things are done. And like Peppermint Butler certainly has his opinions that he keeps more silent, but about the dark arts and whatever. So that's where I'm getting that. (laughs) Hmm. Because those are the two I did not recognize at all. The two important characters who I couldn't place. I I think, and their power dynamics diverse, right? Reverse. She is, she is also green and Peppermint is red. So it's a switch of the coloration as well. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I also was just like, oh, there's two short women why are they both short and i king of ooh i don't remember that he was short but peppermint butler is obviously a short piece of peppermint so yep. that that's a small argument towards why but okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy that i'll buy that so yeah that was like fun and of, of course we have to mention lsp ellis p <laughs> uh who absolute standout and i just am so happy you know pendleton ward Obviously, like, didn't have... Had a lot of fun with that, I'm sure. Yeah. that Never, like, stayed on the hands-on role with writing, but just the fact that he's here and always is here as LSP brings such joy to my heart. And still so funny after all these years. Like, that goofy LSP voice works so well, and I love seeing the real-world version of him just living with uh, <laughs> squirrels, squirrels and... You know, it's the same exact attitude, and, uh, like, what even is this guy's thing? Why is he known, at least to Marshall Lee, as a, a <laughs> you know, back-alley vet? Uh, he he seems to, that seems to be one of his primary things, though, because he has keeps catnip in his fanny pack yep, all the time. He's ready to go. <laughs> but, now, oh my god. This episode, uh, the first go-around, was very uncomfortable for me. It felt like the... Like, the first 20 minutes of way too many films where it's like, okay, we have to establish why our main character's life sucks now. And it's like, I kind of wish that they had just started off in an episode two. But uh, the second go around, it was, a, it was a little better. You know, you got your, you got your swear words because we're on Max now. We got, a, we got a little bit of cheesecake for the boys. But other than that, it, it feels like uh, we're exploring a mundane adventure time, and I'll allow that. Yeah, I, I, it, it's a fascinating. If if this has been what we had returned to without those four HBO Max specials, like if this is just what had come after the conclusion to the original run of Adventure Time, I think it would be more shocking, right? Because it's more adult and purposefully focusing on the mundane would be a really interesting contrast. But I, I feel like with the other stories that we had, it's a little less shocking because I just, I mean, Adventure Time was already about a million things and we've seen so many variants of the characters and timelines and things. But it just, I, I, I my brain was ready for, you know, I, I'm accepting, oh, things can be different. We can have entire stories in space or we can have stories about the afterlife. So I, you know, being in the mundane world, sure. Um, it was certainly, the, like, the themes are just... 
a little darker and more depressing as far as, yeah, adult life sucks, and that's really all we get from poor Fiona. I, I like that, you know, she is wishing about, you know, having a magical world, and, you know, that's what her dreams are about, and I really loved her dream sequence chasing the, you know, Studio Ghibli-esque, um, was it a, a mouse on a wheels? A rat bus. A rat, yeah. So, uh, that was cool. Tit for tat, rat. Also, following things is confusing because, uh, so we're already in the alternate reality that Ice King potentially envisioned, but but now it's a normal world variant, so all the characters are different, including even the Ice Prince, who is now the opposite of the Ice Queen, <laughs> who's the opposite of the Ice King, uh, you know, so that's confusing. So Ice Prince is like maybe what... Simon would be if he was super suave and the Ice King? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> when At first I thought, oh, okay, this is all a fan fiction that Ice King writes, so of course she's gonna like have the hots for Tuxedo Mask, I mean the Ice Prince. And then it's like, no, he actually totally has the hots for her. And then it's like, oh, this is her dream. And then he starts going, wah, wah, and I'm oh, called it. <laughs> yeah, the, the reversals are fun to track to kind of think, okay, how do I map this back two levels back to Adventure Time again? Because it's also a parody of the parody. So the, that's fun to try to think now, of. <laughs> I wanna I wanna ask you, did you catch how they're they're swimming through the water as they sink as uh Fiona wakes up and when Fiona wakes up, Cake is still asleep and she's still doing the swimming through water motion that she was doing. Did you yes. see that? Yes, that's our first, you know, right at the start of the episode, we establish there are magical things afoot, right? And that's immediately followed by, well, not quite immediately, but then pretty soon after, Cake runs into the kitchen and is mysteriously obsessed with the ice dispenser. So I, yep. I love that. I, I feel like the ice falling out of the dispenser after they left was supposed to be a sign of magic, but I also feel like it could just be a joke because I've had freezers that will do that. It's right. Just, oops. <laughs> well, and you could conceive that she's just hot, but they show you the world from her perspective and, you know, she sees the dispenser as... Yep, she sees the magic. ...weirdly significant and magical, yep. <laughs> you know... Fiona never told Marshall Lee where she got those uh, cookie people that Gary made. <laughs> he didn't need any explanation. Well, he asked. He's like, hey, where'd you get these? And she was too busy being upset about being fired. And let's be honest, she she kind of had that coming. Well, I mean, yeah, it's been a pattern for her. I liked her immediate pants off response to <laughs> <laughs> leaving this or getting fired from this job. Uh, I, I'm surprised she didn't quit on her own, though, since she seemed absolutely um, defeated. Miserable. <laughs> yeah, doing the card reading. You'd think she would have had it memorized at that point. But uh, like I said, she's not very good at the job. She's not very into the job. It, that's why the first time I watched this episode, I just didn't like it at all. I, I was too busy focusing on the how much Fiona's life sucks to really enjoy all of the candy people you know <laughs> well and they do it to you just through the theme song too like i really enjoyed the theme song of this episode which is not repeated in the subsequent ones and it's it's you have to lean into the 
haha, it's funny to be depressed <laughs> sort of angle of the song, right? Like the singers, not, not quite brightly, but just like humorously singing through my life sucks, <laughs> you know? And uh, that's kind of the tone, maybe like, you know, isn't, isn't it just fun to see all the characters warped into this normal world and, you know, everyone else is doing okay-ish. Honestly, not, though. I mean, Marshall Lee also has got the thing with his mom because, of course, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever the hunt, the Abadir version is in here, I'm sure, also sucks. And, of course, um, I actually don't remember his name, but whatever Bubblegum's <laughs> representative here is. Also, his bakery job kind of stinks because his innovation is constantly mocked. So, actually, everyone has an unhappy life. <laughs> A very unfair display by the uh, bakery owner. By the way, rats are very neophobic, so of course they will prefer a food they've eaten before to one they have not. Ooh, nice but then real she world. Probably knew that. That that's a good analysis. So I mean, we've seen real humans tried this and love it. So <laughs> well, okay, but Fiona is self-proclaimed a you know a cookie fiend. Like she'll eat anything in front of her. You, did you see Marshall's eyes light up when he tried that? He's a little bit of a street urchin in this one. <laughs> when is his, when are his, what's the frequency of his meals? Mm. I don't know. He seems to do all right. I mean, he's the best unknown musician, <laughs> according to someone who dated DJ, who? DJ <laughs> Flame. DJ Flame. It's, oh, and because that's Flame Princess. Oh my God. How did I not catch that? I thought that was obvious. It, that's so obvious, and I'm just remembering now. But was DJ Flame in the previous Fiona Cakes? I don't know. I mean, obviously, there would have been a Flame Prince. I don't know if he was featured in any. Right, right. DJ would have been just this world's version. Yeah, I totally... The Flame part just went over my head. See, because they're all obvious. <laughs> they're all so... They should be obvious. The banana guards were very obvious, who are now accountants <laughs> or something. Uh, now, the first the first time I watched it, I was like, who are these goobers? But then when I slowed it down and I listened to the voice, it's like, oh, the banana guards found a new line of work. <laughs> yeah, which they have a, a, quite an interesting life. But someone, one of their co-workers just started eating the paperwork <laughs> in front of the, the client. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a banana guard. I mean, I'm sure it made sense to him at the time. <laughs> now, I would love to see Root Beer Guy having to be the head of accounting here. Or Root Beer Gal, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, see, that's the only thing is I would, I would love to see all the normal world version of these characters. But like you said, this world is not a world we should hang out that long in. So, And I... <sighs> I'm wondering, is there, uh, is there an element of this world is wrong here? Because everyone is dreaming about their adventure time selves. And if it was just the people on the bus, I could imagine that that's just a fun nod to adventure time. But even Ellis is dreaming about being a space princess. It's like, okay, they, everyone's dreaming about this and they're making that clear. Yeah, there's a lot wrong in this episode, right? The fact that Cheers is on every channel, the fact that there's just a statue of Betty, which obviously this is an alternative reality from the real world that exists in, in Adventure Time, right? Like the modern day world. 
was in the past, and I, I don't think this Fiona is a, the Fiona of the past. So we're in an alternate reality, but I, still, Betty would. Why would she exist as some sort of memorialized person? And okay, then <laughs> now I have not seen the second episode, but I did go ahead and read the description. Since I know cake comes directly out of the Ice King's head, and it is talking about how he's uh, struggling with, well, his struggling with his past as the Ice King. I'm, I'm assuming his poor mental state is the cause for the poor state of the uh, the city there. If you see the just the actual theme song sequence for the rest of the season, then yes, the whole is this just an Ice King's mind thing is reinforced. <laughs> so, or okay, in good. Simon's mind. Like, the intro is literally, you know how Adventure Time does the zooming thing. The zooming thing involves literally zooming into a silhouette or some outline of Simon and then seeing Fiona's world. And also, did you see the... that? Well, this end credit sequence has Fiona and Cake dreaming about the Adventure Time world, and I think we see a similar end sequence of the next one. I think it's okay, okay. to a little bit spoil... You know, these episodes are were both released in a pair, so I'm okay yeah. with <laughs> saying some things about episode two. But yeah, so... But this is a fully realized world, and also, it's not a world that Simon talks about at all in episode two, so I'm interested to see how they develop this. Like, does he have a connection to a fully realized universe in the multiverse that exists here? Or is this just an extremely elaborate subconscious world that Simon built in the same way that Ice King built out an elaborate fanfic world? Maybe. Or maybe it got converted over. Maybe this is what became of the fanfic delusion in Simon's brain. We'll have to watch and find out. Yeah! Yes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just happy for more magic. Hopefully more happy. If, if you say it feels like good old classic Adventure Time, like I said, that's the, that's the mood I want. Yes, I, I was hyping up GC right before the episode started and saying it's, it's funny just how much different this episode is because then it feels like a direct continuation. So from if, if you were uncertain seeing this first episode, I definitely recommend hopping to episode two because it's at least like storyline wise an extremely direct continuation of the Adventure Time plot which we kind of got, you know, hints of from the four HBO Max specials. So now you'll, you're joining right back in with adult Finn, who's recently lost Jake, and Simon living his weird new life in the human city. And, like, we're just right back, <laughs> you know? And uh, it, it is different from Adventure Time in the fact that, you know, these episodes are all going to flow one into the next, right? It's going to be more in the format of the later miniseries arcs that existed in Adventure Time, where, you know, each episode's continuous. We're not going to have any standalone episodes. Props to the staked miniseries, by the way. Yes, yes. Stakes especially, I think, actually kicked off the format of miniseries. Because what? Following that was Elements and the Human City one? At least three? If memory serves me. You can't go wrong with vampires, especially if you're adding a cool new mythology to them. Yeah. So, yeah, if you if you had questions about what happens to all these characters before Jake and Finn die, uh, this this will certainly answer that. And you, you get to see all the characters you love again. 
Uh, unfortunately, though, episode two, I will warn you, GC, still still is a little bit about, mm. you know, Fiona's a little depresso espresso. Well, guess what? So is Simon, because he's okay. he, he he's not the Ice King anymore, but he also doesn't have Betty. So <laughs> like, like I said, I, I was warned. I was warned by Wikipedia that he's uh, maybe not the greatest headspace. So like I said, I'm going to assume that's the reason why his fan fiction is so sad right now. <laughs> and um, I'm hoping we can brighten his day up a little bit. I, I, I think that is where this miniseries is taking us. Both of them need some some magic in their lives again. And for Simon, he's going to have to figure out what that means for him because of his weird relationship of being the Ice King for so long. And meanwhile, well, we, we have a lot more to learn about who this Fiona is. Is she more a reflection of Simon because she's just a weird warped version of his fanfic as Ice King? Or is she really a standalone person who we're going to get to understand more than just being kind of a, you know, just a representation of someone else's boredom and, and sadness? We'll, we'll see. Indeed we shall. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Fiona Campbell. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. 